Podcast. I'm Dan Vadabonker. And I'm Kenton Larson. And you, Kenton, were able to go see the Master of Characters <laughs> last night at the convention. Or no, sorry, was it the concert hall? Master of Disguise. Was it? Was it no, uh, uh, Dana Carvey? It was not master, master of Disguise. And in fact, I would even say it was not Master of Characters. Uh-oh. That's how they build them. Uh, but he, but uh, yeah, Alec Baldwin was in Winnipeg yesterday and was part of a speaking tour um, and uh, called Unique Lives. Oh, your favorite uh, word. My favorite word. And then um, to rub salt in the wound, uh, they handed us on our way in the door a flyer that said Anderson Cooper is coming to Winnipeg as part of this. And another unique evening of conversation another unique evening <laughs> the problem is we have we have too many unique opportunities coming at us so yes so this was billed as alec baldwin master of characters and so um alec baldwin it was very similar to john cleese when he was here um although john cleese did a shtick at the beginning whereas alec baldwin came out and was in, and it was a sit down it was a sit down talk with richard cloutier yeah, your uh, your coworker at CJOB. He's now my coworker again yeah. as I'm back at CJOB. Yes, and I have to point out. Um, so Alec Baldwin was there, uh, and uh, had seats that were nearby. So it was cool to see Alec Baldwin in person. But I thought Master of Characters meant that we were going to get some sketches. Yeah, right? we're going to get. Isn't that what that is? No, no. Okay, we're going to get an interview with Alec Baldwin. Is what we got, and clips and clips from some of his best known. Um, uh, films and Thirty Rock and, and SNL, yeah, okay. yeah, like all of that, uh, all of that stuff, and uh, and and so he spun some yarns, he told some stories, um, but there was an element of inside the actor studio to the oh, whole proceeding, and there was a lot of questions, and you know, I I did my internship with Richard Cloutier, right. he's a delight, <laughs> he's a delight, but there was, I think maybe it was. Uh, you know, maybe it's scary when you're sitting down with a big Hollywood star, and maybe it's extra scary when that big Hollywood star has just punched somebody in the head yeah. over a party. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that didn't come up, by the way. Oh, I, um, I know for a fact that they were discussing it in the newsroom the day it happened. We, we, we There were jokes yeah. made about Richard doing the uh, Alec Baldwin thing on the day that Alec Baldwin punched somebody. Well, he was, uh, you know, he definitely did not go there. And I think probably I wouldn't want to be punched by him either. So I don't think I'd go there. But uh, a lot of the questions were along the lines of life, love, children. Why don't you talk about that? Who cares? Like, there's a lot of that stuff. I really don't care about Alec Baldwin's personal life. You know, there was a there was a few other things. Okay, and so while we're talking about the interview itself, a few things ground my gears. Like stuff would come up in the conversation where you'd want to know more, but there was no follow up. So, uh, for instance, he said, um, Cluche said, uh, "So directing, would you ever do it?" And Alec Baldwin went, "Oh, as a matter of fact, I did do it." <laughs> I did. He goes, I did it once. So right away, you're like, oh, like as the interviewer, you're like, oh, shit. Um, and then he goes, I did do it. I did it once. Um, and I hated every minute of it. He goes, those actors are impossible to work with. And everybody laughed. It was funny. It was a funny answer. And then we just moved on. And it was like, what was the movie? <laughs> Who was in the movie? I don't think he wants anyone to Who see did it. You? I'm going to look it up. Gonna are you going to look up the movie up. he yeah. directed? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thank you. I was going to do it later today anyway. So there was a little bit of that. There, uh, the follow-up questions um, uh, were kind of lacking. Um, and I would also say at the, the um, at one point it was like, we're going to get to the Q&A in a little bit. So everybody's like, oh, we're going to get some questions here. Um, and then the show ended with Richard Cluche going, well, we got some great questions here from at 
Amy and at Joni and at whatever. And he goes, and that's it for the show. Bye, everybody. And they just, <laughs> they just really? ended. Yeah, it was like we're about to enter the Q&A. But it was kind of like, oh, maybe the discussion went longer than they thought. So it was kind of funny. He kind of teased it. And then it was like, nah, that's it. And Alec Baldwin stood up and everybody gave him a standing ovation. It was really nice. And Alec Baldwin went, thanks. And walked off the stage. Really? And so, yeah. So it was kind of like, what about the Q&A? And, I, and if I had a chance, the one thing, the one movie that did not come up that I would have asked him more about is Hunt for Red October. Yes, absolutely. Which is always like, that to me was when Alec Baldwin became a star. That's, that my, movie. that's my favorite film of his. Yeah. By far, that is the best movie. There's so many done. questions I, I mean, have about that film, too. Like, about just about, like, uh, that was the classic, we're Russian, but we're not speaking Russian. Right. Uh, you know, and all of the, some of the decisions that they made there. I just thought, uh, you know, I I thought that would be great to hear about that. But uh, there, there were no audience questions, as it turns out, even though it appeared some had submitted them somehow. Uh, online beforehand did you look up his direction i did it? yeah it's called shortcut to happiness um 2003 mm. uh, it's it's actually a remake of the devil and daniel webster oh Remember that one that disney yeah, who's one in it ellie gould uh uh the, the this one is alec baldwin actually plays the main character as well mm-hmm. um let me think here who is there's nobody of note oh dan Aykroyd. oh that's um bobby cannavale who wasn't anything at the time this is in 2003 so it wasn't Kim Cattrall's in it. So, so, so it looks like it's a direct-to-video kind of thing. It does not look, not look mm. like it had a theatrical release. So that was his directorial to be. And I want to just mention here, this is his um, his IMDb page. Here's how the, the bio starts. Raven-haired, suavely handsome, and prolific actor Alec Baldwin is the oldest and best known of the four Baldwin <laughs> brothers in the acting business. And then it names the other ones. Like, it's... <laughs> It uh, I was come gonna, on. That was going to be my. I was going to say a hilarious question would be who is your least favorite Baldwin brother? I thought that'd be yes. that'd be a great question for him. Hey, but no. Maybe they were worried about people asking him about the punching no, incident. No, no, I I don't think so because they actually teased that there was going to be a Q and A. They teased that we're going to be doing a Q and A, and uh, and then at a certain point, and then Cluche was like, "Oh, look at this timer. There's only thirty seven seconds left," and he, it was not a shtick. It was like, oh, oh, my God, time has been flying by here. And they'd shown some clips, and it was true. Like, it was just a good, interesting conversation, really. But And then at the end, he goes, oh, well, you know, uh, Q&A. And he's like, well, we had some great questions here. And he even named the people who they had questions from. He's like, but, okay, well, we're going to wrap it up. And it was kind of like I get, he had a flight to catch. And, uh, pro- and probably there was a VIP option, too, which yes, I did I not saw, take part in. I saw in. several people on yeah. my Facebook feed who had taken photos with Alec Baldwin. How much did that cost, by the way? Did you check More it? More expensive than John Cleese. Oh, wow. If you can believe it. Okay. I can't remember what it was, but, I mean, I got seventh row t- tickets at the concert hall, and I think it was I think they were 180 bucks each. Yeah. And then the medium option pushed that up to double or something. And it <laughs> was, was like, I don't, need, I don't need that. Was it sold out? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I think- Second balcony. Like, we're talking, like, uh, you know, Carol Burnett did not have that many people show oh, up. Like, it was, yeah, the legendary Carol Burnett didn't have that many people. I, I did notice a few weeks back they did put some of those tickets on sale. They had, like, a Black Friday deal or mm. something like that. So that might have moved those last few seats. Oh, well. Uh, are you going to go see well, Anderson Cooper? I want to. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> okay. I think I will. I met Wolf Blitzer and he smells great. As I'm I always, sure I does. tell everybody that he Wolf Blitzer smells way better than a guy named Wolf Blitzer ever would be. So imagine what Anderson Cooper smells like. Mm. But um, I was also going to say about Alec Baldwin, a couple things that'll be of interest to our listeners. The first is he talked about his own movie fandom and TV fandom, and one of the shows he brought up that led to a burst of applause to his delight was My Favorite Martian. <laughs> 
And he's like, you guys remember that? And everyone's like, yay. Like, it was an older crowd, for sure. Okay. It was an older crowd. And they're like, yay. And he's like, oh, I love my, my favorite Martian. And I was like, that's as close to sci-fi fandom as we got in the discussion. But I, I like that. That's hilarious. I was uh, um, just doing, uh, I was producing Super Pulp Science. I'm looking up old clips from TV shows and movies. Mm-hmm. And I was just looking through a bunch of old My Favorite Martian clips the other day. So I'm that's very fresh in my mind right now. But I used to watch it when I was a kid as well. Yeah, and the other thing I want to say is he talked about his Trump impression, of course, and he did a little bit of it, and of course, but to me, there was a couple surprising things. The first surprising thing was the reason he did that Trump impression originally was because he thought that he didn't have a chance of winning, and he actually had a movie that was supposed to go through that fell apart where the money never came through for the movie, and he said it's rare in a big-budget movie, but it happened, and so he had some free time, so he agreed to do it. And he said, I, uh, and I, I put that in my tweet when I tweeted out a picture of Alec Baldwin, but I said, uh, he said, I tried to make the impression as two-dimensional as the man himself, which is a great <laughs> quote. Um, but then he also said, and I thought this was really interesting too, he hates doing it. He hates it. Like, because he hates Trump. I don't think I don't think he wanted to do it after the election. He didn't think he was right. going to win, so he didn't think he was going to have to keep doing it. And he, in fact, I think he said at one point that he wasn't going to keep doing it, even though Trump won. And then, of course, I guess SNL drove a dump truck full of money up to his front lawn. It has to be something like that. But he even said, he said yesterday, he goes, I'm so sick of doing it. He goes, I'm backstage and I'm going, why, why? Like, 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 why do I have to keep doing this? And, and so I thought that was funny. Like, I just assumed he loved doing it for some reason. Well, he's, uh, last few weeks he's not been on. Right. I mean, they have ample opportunity to make fun of Trump every single week. And I noticed that last few weeks they've just they've actually made a point of going out around him. They've done Kellyanne Conway, mm-hmm. they've done different Fox News personalities, but they have not actually had him on as Trump for for a while. Well, he actually said, "Please God, let Daryl Hammond do it." <laughs> he said, "Why wouldn't he? He's awesome. Uh, right, Daryl yeah, Hammond is, is much better." Right. Although, I mean, what I like about Alec Baldwin, I, I mean, I've always thought that Alec Baldwin's Trump is funny, but it's more like a cartoon character. It's yeah. What he says, it's a two dimensional Donald Trump. And it is, and it's wacky and it's zany. But but Daryl Hammond would give you accurate. Yeah, would give you accurate Trump, I and mean, that might be too scary for people. <laughs> we we have we've had enough accurate Trump from the man himself as well. But but uh, so I I thought those were the most interesting things. But I would say it, what I thought what it was going to be was a wacky evening of slapstick sketch comedy. And really, what we got was an interesting conversation. It was interesting, cool. con- but it wasn't laugh a minute. It, there was laughs, of course, but it was. It was more like an interview with the guy about his career, and they showed some clips. They showed his that great scene in Thirty Rock where he's pretending to be Tracy Morgan's father, and he <laughs> launches into like our basic. It's basically a Red Fox impression, and it's like it's inappropriate. And the woman there's like, "No, nah, I don't think this is right," and he just keeps doing it, and Tracy Morgan responds to it. So it's it's funny. He likes it. Tracy Morgan likes That's it. Good. So there's yeah. So there's some there was some nice moments, and uh, and. Uh, I didn't do the VIP, but uh, did you hear anything about? Did anyone have a conversation? I just with? no, I just saw photos. It was great mm. to meet Alec Baldwin. I yeah. had a photo, and that was it. That's all people said. So. Well, he seemed like a nice guy. I'm surprised. I thought something would come up about like a vaguely, uh, you know, worded legal issue kind of question. But uh, that did not come up. I would have made a joke about it up front and yeah. then let it go. You know, go so you, you can see you went there and then mm-hmm. just kind of and, and let him know ahead of time you're going to make the joke. But maybe he, maybe he said no. Maybe they let him know ahead of time that so, there would right. be no. That that like let's just leave that one alone. And I guess I guess that's also one of those things where you know if you're going to appear in court, but you've been shooting your mouth off about it in advance of that, that that's something that people could glob onto. And actually, like, make your life worse when you yeah. go to court. So that's 
He might legitimately not be able to talk about it. Might be for his own good. Maybe. Um, okay, let's get into the nerd news. Let's do it. Nerd news. I used to listen to people asking for help. That's what I was trying to do, was help people. But I was fooling myself. Darkness only responds to darkness. I'm Daredevil. Netflix has canceled Daredevil. Yay. Yay, what are you talking about? Have you seen the third season? Uh, no, and that's why I'm saying, yeah, I just can't. I, you know what? I had enough after you know what? I For sure, the second season is very, very weak, and it goes on too long. It's boring. But the third season is a return to form for that series. It I was even very thought, good. I thought the first season had moments, but even the first season uh, did not carry me through episode to episode. I thought there's too many episodes. There, How many were there? Like 100? There, no, there was another. Th- it yeah. was 13 each That's one. a lot. 13 is too many. Um, eight, but eight, eight would have done it. Yes, I think so. I think eight would have been perfect. Eight is enough. Yeah, as they say. eight is enough. <laughs> um, but uh, it, it's like the third series in the, in the last few months that they've canceled. They did yeah. uh, Iron Fist is gone, uh, Luke Cage is gone, and now um, Daredevil. And now the only series left are Jessica Jones and Punisher of the Marvel I, series. I like Punisher the best of those. Well, of I've, those I still shows. haven't finished the first season of that. Oh, I, I love I it. I still haven't watched season two of Jessica Jones, but I thought the third season of, of Daredevil was excellent. Um, uh, the the Kingpin is amazing. He kind of goes back to his old black costume. Uh, it was good. It was really good. Mm-hmm. And they had Bullseye in there. He was really good as well. But I think that, um, you know, there's lots of speculation online as to why this is happening. And I suspect that, um, you know, th- these characters are going to still stick around. They're just not going to be on Netflix anymore. I think that D- Disney is kind of reining everything in. Um, they probably wanted an extension on the contract or something to continue the series. And Netflix said no. Or, Di- or maybe Disney said no. Because well, they're, they're going to be competing with them right. uh, in a couple of months. So so I think um, it's, it's you know, people are upset about it. But I don't think that there's any reason to get too upset because I, I do strongly oh, no. suspect. I mean, Daredevil could... Uh, I don't think he was ever part of the Avengers, but he could he could jump oh. into the movies at oh, some point. Oh, please, he could be part of the event. Absolutely, like, we have established in the movie, in the movie version of the Avengers, that anybody can really join, come and go as they please. Yep. It's a revolving door. That Avengers. And while the Defenders uh, miniseries didn't do very well, and there, there was never any talk of having a second season of Defenders, mm-hmm. um, they could do that again on Disney. They could do another version of Defenders or some something else regarding Daredevil. So I don't think it's the last uh, we're going to see of Charlie Cox as Daredevil. But still, uh, people are upset about it because they wanted that to well, continue, continue going. You know, I think I liked I liked Luke Cage of all those ones that were canceled. I liked Luke Cage yeah, maybe that was the good. best. That was good as well. Like, yeah, it was good. But once again, even that was long. Like, they... they I think the length, the number of episodes watered down the good parts of what we saw there. Like, I think, I, and we, Lord knows we have our, we're up to our necks in Marvel these days. So <laughs> it's not like we're, we're like, yeah, like have some stuff on TV. That There's nothing wrong with that. Same with Star Wars. Have some stuff on TV. But don't, let's not, like, there's already saturation. We don't I, need even well, more. Well, the thing is, I'm a huge Marvel fan, and I, yeah. I, the, in the beginning, I really tried to keep up with all these series, and then they just fell off because they had too much, too much to do and too much to watch, and so that's why I haven't caught up on all these. But, um, but yeah, yeah I, I think that we're going to see them come back at some point um, in a different iteration of, of yeah. Daredevil. Next story. Excuse me. I'll cut that out. <laughs> no, leave it in. <laughs> no. Come on, a little, little coffee burp. Sometimes, sometimes uh, we take deep breaths and we leave them in. And sometimes, like I'm definitely restraining, like 
coughs and sneezes <laughs> and yawns. Like like things like that. Like sometimes in a classroom you see somebody go, like just give it, let it rip. And you're like, sorry, am I keeping you up? But really sometimes you just have to yawn. Um, <laughs> Nintendo has finally got its head out of its ass and backed off on the Nintendo Creators Program, uh, which ran in conjunction with YouTube. Are you familiar with this at all? Do you know anything no, about it? No, not a clue. Okay, so, so what happened was years ago, when the when the video game kind of category of YouTube videos started kind of to blow up, and people started to post videos of themselves playing video games on YouTube, and it became very popular... Um, Nintendo cracked down. They said nobody was allowed to do that. They claimed ownership over over all of those videos so that nobody could post a video and make any money through advertising on YouTube. Um, then a few years later, they kind of drew, they kind of compromised a bit, and they said, "Okay, we'll do a program so creators who want to play our games can sign up with us, but they have to turn over a portion of their profits to us in return for us letting them play our games." And it was up to forty percent hmm. of their profits. Uh, I imagine that would be for games like a brand new game. Before it came out, like some YouTubers will get advanced copies of mm-hmm. these games, so I imagine that's the that's the high end of it, and the low end of it would be like an old, you know, eight bit Nintendo game from from the eighties that nobody really wants to see anymore. So there's variations on that. Anyway, they decided this week to just cut the whole thing. Anybody can upload videos of themselves playing Nintendo games without any worry of penalty, without having to pay anything to Nintendo. Um, the only thing they're still cracking down on is if somebody uploads just gameplay. To um, so anything without commentary or voiceover, if you just record yourself playing Mario and upload it to YouTube, that's not allowed. That's that's going to be claimed by Nintendo. But anything else is still good to go. Interesting. So good on Nintendo. Yeah. <laughs> so so it's a good it's a good thing. Well, it is, but I just if it, I was couldn't figure out why it took them so long to understand what this was about, and they didn't understand that these videos are essentially advertisements for their games. Like, if I watch somebody playing a video game on YouTube, it makes me want to play that game, right? For I, I, sure. It, no? You yeah. Do you ever do that? Do you ever do that, by the way? Uh, watch t- video games on YouTube? Uh, uh, just the other day, there was an uh, announcement of a new video game. Shit, I can't remember what it was, but it was something that I thought, ah, I wonder what that's like, and I definitely did that. Okay. And I looked, but it didn't like it didn't make me go, oh, I got to get race down there and get it, but it made me go, oh, I might be interested I in that. I think the category has kind of peaked a little bit and a lot of the players, a lot of the YouTubers are kind of riding the the clickbait bandwagon with titles like Fortnite. Like there was mm-hmm. one guy, this guy my kids used to like called Sunday, who mainly played uh, Minecraft, but he would jump around to different games. And then the last few months, all he's done is play Fortnite, and it just gets boring to watch somebody play Fortnite over and over and over again. Um, so I think those are going to kind of drop off, but uh, but it's still very popular. My kids still like to watch these these people playing video games. Um, well, it's definitely big, uh, big with the kids, and big, and big yeah. money for those who are. It's very, very yeah. simple. I've done it with my kids, and my kids have uploaded their own video game videos to YouTube, and it's not very difficult to do if somebody wants to get into that. Right, sure. and I saw I saw a news item on NBC the other day, and it was meet the baby who makes a million dollars a year testing toys or whatever. Oh yes, I've seen <laughs> that. Yeah, yes. all of that. That's stuff. That's another very yeah. popular category: unboxing and stuff like that. Right. Um, final story. Uh, this is in the realm of animation, um, and the new movie coming out very soon is the Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which is an animated mm-hmm. feature uh, coming out from Sony Animation Studios. It's getting tons of praise. Uh, critics love it. Um, I don't. I think it's like eighty-something percent on Rotten Tomatoes, 
And the the I guess the rumblings now is that whereas before this film came out or was released to critics, the uh, shoe in for best animated feature would have been Incredibles two, mm-hmm. and now they're saying that that Spider Man is going to take it. Um, so I don't know. There's not much of story there other than it just gives me an opportunity to say that I saw the Incredibles two in the theater and I hated it. And I'm wow. like the only person on the planet who seems to hate this movie because my kids went and saw it twice. I thought it's a Mr. Mom with superhero superpowers. I, I read a lot of uh, uh, nasty critiques I, about that but, film, but it, it, overwhelming. It's got a very positive score on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, it did very well. It was one of the biggest movies of the year. Yeah. But I just couldn't. I, I almost fell asleep halfway through. It's just so boring. You know how that works, right? Where when is when a franchise goes away for a while and then comes back, the onus is on everyone, including critics, to love it. And I think that that shouldn't be the case. But, but I, I think that right. is the yeah. case. I mean, even um, Force Awakens. I think in retrospect, it's not a terrible movie by any stretch, but it's also not the greatest Star Wars movie of all time. <laughs> and that's certainly what everybody wanted it to be. Like if you go back hey. and read those reviews, there's rose-colored glasses on those. Reviews. I was just happy that it was better than the prequels. That was all my that's right. All that's I thought right. about. Well, I mean, that there were so many different opinions uh, uh, that people had going in. Right. Or wants and needs that they had going in that, I think they pro- they projected a lot of that. But I think The Incredibles is like that. Yeah, The Incredibles is the Fantastic Four. It's a good essentially. Yeah, the first one was a good Fantastic Four movie, which we've never had, and so I think that was it. Even we even movies called Fantastic Four. And and but they took that they took that superhero thing. And they twisted it to to fit the Mister Mom thing where he stays at home with the kids and she goes off to work and it's like we saw this already we've seen it a bunch of times since yeah mr mom well that and i'm sure we've seen it a bunch of times since mr mom with copycat films um are there lots of scenes of the dad changing diapers yes oh yeah yes. there you Except go now oh, he has a baby with no. his baby with superpowers so the baby can teleport and do all these different things so he's chasing the baby around yes exactly and of course is there going to be a fart joke yeah, of course with the baby? There. oh of course perfect yeah that, that's what the film is but that's what my what, kids what like. does he fill the diapers with flames <laughs> am i right is there does that happen i don't know i can't remember but that i wouldn't you surprise fell asleep. me at all exactly oh no uh, but i am kind of excited about the spider-man film it does look pretty good and another uh kind of uh, article i didn't read i saw the headline but didn't chose not to read it but is that with the success of venom which has done very well it's i think almost at a billion dollars worldwide <laughs> panned critically i know but people are going to see it yeah and this and this spider-verse uh film which is going to be coming out i think december 14th it's coming out so in a few weeks um, that Sony might get its Spider-Verse that it so wanted so badly when it was making the Andrew Garfield films, but had to kind of tank when they gave um, the character back to Marvel for those movies. So mm-hmm. we might see them. They are working on another uh, Spider-Man film, uh, a sequel to Homecoming, but uh, that might be it for Tom Holland uh, films. Hmm. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Wow, that's interesting. All right, that's going to be it for the Nerd News. We're going to take a quick break and come back and talk about podcasting on the Media Nerds Podcast. switched our um, host for this podcast mm-hmm. a while ago. We left L- Lisbon? Lib- Libson. 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 
I always mix that we up. Left we left Lipson and we went to Anchor. Yeah, and Anchor, uh, the main selling point for us was that it's free. <laughs> now, uh, right, now let me guess what you're going to tell me. It's not anymore? No, no oh, it, I is, thought, it is free. I thought that was good. That had to happen. No. Okay. Uh, I, I have since learned some things about Anchor that I wasn't, uh, didn't really know. Like, So we, I had an interaction. We had a listener, one of our listeners, Jeff, um, when we switched. Oh, yeah, Jeff. Yeah, um, my friend Jeff. Yeah, uh, he's mentioned that um, he clicked on the link and he said it prompted him to download an app and he didn't want to do that so he wanted the link that allows him to download the file now Lipson used to do this automatically anchor does not and i have not been able to find a way to get it to do that uh by the way jeff actually what i've noticed now is if you scroll up a little bit after like it's going to prompt you of course to download the app they all want you to do that but if you actually just scroll up um you'll see there's the there's a play button you can actually just play the episode from that screen you don't have to download the app to listen to the episode um but uh, so Anchor has otherwise worked very well. It is completely free hosting, meaning that it doesn't cost us as much. There's no limits on what we can upload. We used to have uh, issues with Libsyn when we wanted to upload longer episodes, like our Star Wars commentary episodes, which are you know sometimes two hours long. Uh, we'd hit a wall and not be able to upload and all this other stuff. So Anchor is refreshingly straightforward. Uh, now, the new development here is that Anchor is now offering us the opportunity to have our podcast sponsored. We can monetize our podcast through Anchor. And I've already got a couple of clients lined up. What? <laughs> I do. Um, so How it, silly is it? How silly well, are okay, the one, Okay, for, to be fair, one of the clients is Anchor itself. So oh, good. To, we, can, we can create a – this is how it works. So wait a sec. Are we – is the discussion we're having, having now part of the sponsorship? No. This is not advertising. This is uh, – This well, is just us having a conversation. This is earned media. Right. This, <laughs> That's what it is. Hold on. I want to get to my uh, email that I got from these guys. Where is it now? Oh, it's is, it, is it because so many people download our podcast? Is that why they love us? Uh, I don't th- – maybe. <laughs> yes. Of course that is. Why? Has uh, to be. It has to be. Anchor sponsorships. Get paid by brands for your podcast plays. Anchor sponsorships streamlines the entire process of advertising on your podcast. We'll match your podcast with brands that want to sponsor it and guide you through the process of recording your own ads and including them in your episodes. Once you've activated sponsorships and your episodes start getting played, you'll start getting paid by your sponsor. Here's everything you need to know about it. So it's got a huge list here. And the um, I think that the sponsor can actually set their CPMs cost per uh, well cost per thousand is what yeah. that means. Um, M is Roman numeral for thousand. Yeah. So cost per uh, CPMs. Uh, so for example, the anchor sponsorship that's been offered to us, we get paid ten dollars CPM. So ten dollars for every thousand plays. Mm-hmm. Which you know I don't know if that's something we can achieve right now, but hey, it's worth um, it's worth doing, right? Um, so so that's part of it. But another one that just contacted me. Um, is offering fifteen dollars per um, per thousand. So I think that they can, you know, they can prioritize how much they want to pay for it. So this is kind of like YouTube um, advertising, except there's no pre-roll. Well, this is the pre-roll. Oh, it's pre. Oh, so before the podcast runs. Yes. Sorry, I didn't get that. Yeah, sorry. Okay. That that is what it is. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna pre-record. We'll, we probably won't have time to do it today, but we will uh, very soon. We will pre-record uh, uh, an ad. So we we go like media nerds. Po- a podcast you know is probably sponsored by, or we're going to do it for. Let's, let's see if we can do it now. Okay. Let's see if we can do it see, now. See, I already skipped. The, whenever we try to record one of these, uh, one of us stutters. It doesn't matter. I'm gonna. Uh, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to show you. Um, okay. Uh, record your ad now. <laughs> and it says, currently my wallet. So you can see here we have $0, but I can <laughs> activate anchor payments. I can't wait to watch that start shooting up. 
<laughs> we can also uh, there's also another thing where we can uh, it's kind of like Patreon where we can actually our listeners can just go ahead and give us money if they they feel generous. Um, so I haven't done that yet either. But here's okay. So here's the anchor um, ad now. Here are the details. This ad must be at least 30 seconds long. The goal of this ad read should be to let your listeners know why you love using Anchor and to get them to give podcasting with Anchor a try. Remember, this ad will be added into your episode, so keep that in mind as you begin and you, and, you, and you read. Try to integrate it into your podcast as best you can. Oh, so it's not the beginning. It's somewhere well, in the podcast. Yeah, so, so another thing. I've done some more research on this as well. And for podcasting advertising, the most valuable placement within a podcast is the mid-roll is the middle right. of the podcast that the people are least likely to skip that ad. At the very beginning, they'll skip, and who listens to the very end of a podcast? I skip like a maniac at the beginning and yeah. at the end. Yeah, exactly. And, well, at the end, I just as soon as this parent that is winding down, we just stop it, which is why I'm glad we end our podcast the way we do. We just kind of go boom, and we're, we're done. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, this is like, okay, so these are going to be mid-rolls and possibly pre-rolls and post-rolls, but the mid-roll is the most valuable. The other thing I'm, I'm noticing, there's a new – uh, it's a new technique called dynamic audio insertion, and essentially it is a um, process by which an ad is inserted into the file that's downloaded as it's being downloaded. So they mark the, a middle point of the ad, mm-hmm. and as you go to download that ad into your device, or sorry, download the episode into your device, it just inserts an ad there, and then the whole thing gets downloaded. So it still comes through as a complete file for you when you're downloading it into your phone, but there are like two pieces, and they put it together with that middle piece that is the advertisement. So that is that is what is in play here. So these ads that we record will be inserted into episodes going forward, for See, as long as we, we deem we want them. Originally, the uh, I did a video podcast when I was getting my master's. I had to do a few of those. And I used the one, oh, I can't remember the name of it. Do you remember Joe Rogan used to use one? Recorded him on video, but then he posted the audio for the podcast. Yes. Whatever that was called. I used to have it on my phone, too. I just can't remember the name of it right now. I can't know. But anyway, so I did it, and because I chose the free option, it automatically inserted ads, but it was the most irritating, jarring, like... See, those are just other produced ads, right? Those are ones that someone else produced and that are being inserted. This is not it, that. But it would come at the worst possible moment where, where... it was almost designed to interrupt the flow of your podcast to give people. So I, what I'm going to, I'm going to so go through this to process. Yes, yeah, so that's what we're doing right now. We're going to yeah. test this. I'm going to go through this process. We're going to see um, how this goes. And now they've given me a script here, and it says here <laughs> that only, only the the text in bold is is. Oh, there's a couple different ones in bold here are required. Those are mandatories. Everything else is pretty much open as long as we get the general message. That's interesting. Out. So that's so they're giving us some so leeway. Te- what does the text in bold say? All right, here we go. We're gonna start this. Okay, you're gonna so, do it, and, and you can react. do I weigh in? Oh, yes. I'm gonna react to what you say. Yes. Okay, so we're actually recording this on our podcast. That's yes. funny. That's All right, word. I'm gonna take this separately and then submit it to this. This is very process. meta. So can you so can you imagine if people listen to us recording the ad and then the ad gets inserted? I bet you that's going to happen. So you may have already heard this ad if you're listening ah. to this podcast. <laughs> so you're now you're getting a behind the scenes look at the process behind creating the this ad. This has all the hallmarks of being a shit show. But let's do it. Let's do it anyway. Let's see how it goes. What that's never stopped us. Let me just read this over quickly and see if I can figure out. All right, you do your thing. You do. No, your no, thing. Uh, hold on a second. All right, here we go. So Kenton, do you remember like when we started? Doing this podcast, how could I forget? Like, how many years has it been now? Oh my god, it's six been many years. Has it been six, six years? I believe we started two thousand twelve. Holy! Back then, uh, it was such I couldn't like really wrap my head around how to 
uh, well, the recording part we had, but also how to host it, where to post it, uh, how to get it onto iTunes, all these issues. And there were a few. We went through a few different hosts. Uh, we did settle on one host for a long time. Uh, but even then, the cost of it was so overwhelming uh, that it became a lot to, to handle. And I felt guilty because you basically paid that for years. I paid it. I, I paid it gladly uh-huh. because because the because uh, our podcast was so meaningful to me, and paying for it just reminded me how much it meant to me. Well, it, it just I, put a dollar value okay, on it. There basically. you go. There, now we know. Now we know yeah. how much that's going to cost. But now we don't pay anything for it. So what does that say now? Well, so <laughs> we we don't pay anything for it because we use Anchor. So now I'm. That's right. So now I'm using all of that extra money on other things. Okay, you go and buy more Star Wars. You characters. know, opioids. <laughs> You okay. know how it is, you know. Yeah, of course. You've got some extra cash in your pocket. Right, I got some opioids and I got some cash. So I really wish that uh, <laughs> we now use Anchor to host our podcast. Anchor assists us with distribution to those uh, to different platforms, not just iTunes, but also Google uh, Play Music, Spotify, which is becoming a huge platform for podcasting these days. Uh, a bunch of other Podomatic, a bunch of other ones I don't never even heard of, but we're available there though, now because Anchor just shoots it all out towards all those other platforms. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, distributing, and monetizing your podcast. That's right, monetizing. We've now started placing ads, including this one, on our podcast, and we are making money from these ads. Correct. <laughs> Hold on. Um, <laughs> I, th- I thought that was the end of it. Was that the no, end? No, 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 we're still going. Okay. There's one more thing to, uh, to get in here. <laughs> all right. So, so um when I discovered Anchor, uh, I wasn't sure about it. At first, I just th- found it on on my phone as an app, and it was a very cool-looking app that allowed us to record podcasts from our phone. And we haven't done that yet. I think we're going to have to give that a shot. Um, it would be very helpful when we're not in the same place. So maybe... Next time you go on the Chicago yeah, trip. Yeah, next time I go on the Chicago trip, we could do it there. Or if you go off somebody, somewhere and I'm here, we can we can uh, tie in. And I think the benefit to it is that you can do it over the phone, but it doesn't sound like a phone conversation. It sounds like a recording, which is a completely different thing. So it still has good audio quality. So you can record from your phone. You can also record from your laptop. Uh, we use my laptop here. We use our, our microphones, our professional equipment. But uh, it all it's very, very easy to plug all this into Anchor and just to get going. The other thing, again, I talked about the distribution. The hosting is free, 100% free, and there are no limits to how much we can upload, and I love it. I absolutely love it. That was the big selling point for me. Once I discovered that, I switched everything over to Anchor. Uh, I recommend to all of our students to use Anchor. We, we've done that a number of times. We have a number yep. of students who who create podcasts as assignments for us. They, they've all started using Anchor. Um, so it's a really, really great platform. I'm really, really enjoying it. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, go to anchor.fm slash start, anchor.fm slash start uh, to join me in the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. And uh, don't let the door hit you on the ass. <laughs> let's, yeah, say that again. <laughs> and don't let the door hit you on the ass. Okay, but that's not the end of our podcast. That's no, just, that's the that's ad. The, end of the ad. Yes. that was us recording the ad. So that's pretty good. Uh, do you like the part where I said, "Oh, I thought we were done." <laughs> do you think? Do you think that's going to help we'll the see. ad get lots of hits? We'll see. We'll see how that works. So I'm going to take that. I'm going to edit it down to. Uh, I don't even know how long. That I, I love the flexibility of this. I love that we can just kind of record our own ads, plop it in there, and uh, and they are providing the other sponsor that's come through for us is, and I don't know how they're choosing. Mm-hmm. These, um, I have, we have two here right now. So it says sponsorships that have been offered. And I could actually just click here to record it now. Or I could submit a file, which I'm going to do later. Uh, is The Skim. So The Skim is um, a, a, another podcast. 
uh, which I'm not actually sure of what it is. So I'm going to listen to it first before oh, okay. we. I don't want to. I don't want to endorse let's anything see that what I don't it believe is. in. Yeah. Okay. So let's find out. But this is so again, we could also advertise our podcast using this platform as well. So awesome. All of this, I think, is is basically anchors trying to be the YouTube of podcasting, and well, I really hope we've been waiting for something. I know like nobody that. like the big frustration for me for years was that you know you can upload all the video you want to YouTube for free. And you, uh, video is way more memory than, than audio, and yet nobody was offering that same service for podcasting because they figured out early on that they could gouge people for Well, I also for- think <laughs> – right, but I also think that's why so many podcasts shoot the video element because I think a lot of people – partake in podcasts now on youtube yes uh, certainly the ones that are done by youtubers are mm-hmm. always uploaded i listened to one called ear biscuits um with Rhett and link who are very popular youtubers and they upload the episode now they post it first on their itunes feed so if i want to listen to it early i listen to it on the itunes feed but every sunday they then the following sunday they post the video version of that and i don't know it's not for me like i prefer listening to mine on the fly like on my phone in my headphones as i'm doing stuff or as i'm driving um but um yeah, I don't usually watch YouTube for for podcasting reasons, but they they do get great monetization from that because now YouTube inserts ads like every twenty minutes or so, so you can get a, a bunch of different ads into that hour long discussion. So let's see how it works. So we're, we'll report back. We'll report back. I do want to um, also touch on another idea I've had uh, before we get to the recommendations. Um, now, as I mentioned, I am back with uh, CGOB part time doing some news. You can listen to me on weekends and if you want. They made the joke last night, C-job. Did they really? They made the C-job oh, joke. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, you mean. And, uh, and Kluche says C stands for Canada. And uh, and uh, Alec Baldwin said, sounds like a cheap porn. C-job. <laughs> C stands for Canada and every single radio station in Canada. Right. So that's not anything new. No. Um, so anyway, uh, um, I'm back there. And I, I mean, I'm, it's it's fun. I'm, I'm glad to get back into it. I'm making a little bit of extra money and, and on the new, doing the news again. It's been a lot of fun. But... Um, one of the things I want to pitch, once I've kind of been back and kind of worked my way back into the into the um, the environment a bit, I want to pitch to them to launch a local podcast network. I think that's something that could be very good and beneficial for the station and for the community. Uh, right now, they do have kind of a national chorus radio, which owns the owns CGOB, has kind of a national podcast network. It's not great. I'm being honest. It's not. It's it's mostly like podcasted versions of radio shows and they're mostly from toronto and vancouver and calgary and other other markets that we really don't have an interest in right um radio is still very much a local medium and i think more often than not people want to hear local people on their radio station and now that certainly doesn't play through for podcasts we listen to podcasts from all kinds of people all over the place but i think that if cgob really can they could do a couple things they could uh if they just programmed Locally produced podcasts that don't air on the radio that are just posted through iTunes or whatever that are associated with CGOB, so they could have a feed. Um, they could call it a CGOB podcast at the beginning, brand it with the CGOB name, and then run their own ads. They could also do the insertion into ads as far as running ads at the beginning, the middle, and the end. And that would create some revenue, probably not a ton at first, but I think it's important to get it started and see show people what the potential is. And it could also attract younger listeners because you could program one of the biggest challenges for cgob is that they don't want to alienate their core audience which is everybody's dad or grandpa 
That's basically mm-hmm. what it is. Every time I talk to somebody about working at CGOB, they're like, oh, my grandfather listened to that station. Like, that's that's what I get every single time. So they don't want to alienate that audience by playing some crazy new show about uh, video games or something like that. But I think that you could you could absolutely run a podcast about video games on the CGOB Podcast Network, market it to a younger audience, and then that younger audience would become familiar with the CGOB brand and then maybe be more inclined to listen to CGOB on the air. Yeah. I also was thinking about, and let me know what you think about this. Would that not count towards ratings? If they're listening to a CGOB podcast and they're writing that down in their diary, would not not be the case? Or If they're they... writing it down, BBM's ask or no, not BBM. Numeris. Numeris is asking them to do all of that. So, so a podcast If they counts. are, then yeah. So that would count as well. So there you go. More opportunity to get people to write down uh, that they're listening to CGOB, even when they're not listening to the actual station, when they're listening to podcasts. That's that's another opportunity as well to get higher ratings. See, I'm uh, next semester. You do you talk about ratings with your students? I yeah, because I it. saw you tweeted out the local. Yeah, yeah, or it's whatever. On the test. It's yeah, on the test next week. so I don't, um, you know, I don't spend great deal of time on it because you do. But <laughs> but 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 I reiterate it in second semester. So like when we t- when we start talking about media measurement, yeah, and that's when I dip into to a numerus and find out what's new and what they're doing differently. So that's good to know. Well, let me know if you come up with anything. Uh, I was just thinking about emailing them and asking them, you know, if we did this, would this count? And, and seeing what they say. But Oh, uh, well, I, I'll definitely be on that in about a month. Okay, So, cool. uh, yeah, like, if you, if you want to leave that with me, I will get to it. I, I do it every it year. You. I will leave it with you. And then and sometime in the next year, I'm going to pitch this concept to the management at uh, CGOB and see what they respond. I mean, I'm, you know, it'd be great to get this podcast in the network. I'm not doing it to get more attention to our podcast, but I know of several very well-produced local podcasts that should be, I mean, if the free press is running stuff like Bury the Lead, CGOB should be as well. Yeah. Right? I agree. Okay, let's wrap it up with quick recommendations before you have to get out of here. All right. You go, me, me you. I will go. Right. I um, have started watching the new season of Mystery Science Theater 3000. Great. Back on, uh, now to be fair, I did not watch the whole season of the new version of it. Like they, they launched it a couple years ago. Uh, I didn't watch that whole season and I kind of got bored with it. And the thing that really bored me about it was that traditionally Mystery Science Theater 3000 has been about making fun of really old movies. So it's been sci-fi films from the 50s and 60s, low budgets, bad costumes, you know, all that kind of stuff. That's what makes it funny. But you get bored of that after a while. What they've done with this latest season is just six episodes. They're calling it The Gauntlet. Mm -hmm. And it's six movies that were made in the 1980s or later. So what caught my eye the first time was the film Mac and Me. Are you familiar with this movie? I am familiar with so, that movie, yeah. So Mac and Me it's is- It's an E.T. ripoff. It's an E.T. ripoff yeah. with horrible, blatant product placement yeah. and really bad special effects. Big Mac and Me. <laughs> and they they roast it. It's so funny. And that's what caught my eye. I'm like, oh, they're doing newer movies. It's so cool. Yeah. The next one they did is called Atlantic Rim. It is absolutely a cheap knockoff of Pacific Rim, and it's so bad, and they do such a good job with it. So I love this new season of Mystery Science Theater 3000. I think that oh, great. Um, if you if you got bored with the old season or maybe you just don't have time, definitely check it out. It's a lot of fun, um, and I'm going to keep watching The Gauntlet. I'll get back into The Gauntlet when I get home later today. Awesome. That's a great recommendation. My recommendation is for a rare video game. And I've sort—I've been playing a video game for the entire semester, and actually before I started, before in summer I started this game, and I've discovered that this is the never-ending game. This game will never end that I'm playing. That game is called—it's for the Xbox. It is Borderlands Two. Oh, Do you yeah. You know Borderlands? Yeah, of course. Yeah. All right. So I'm at level fifty-one. 
Okay, and and I was did you, like, did you think it was going to end at fifty? Well, yes, because that's what the game tells you as oh. you go along. Yeah, it's finished at fifty. But what I realized the game does is it takes you, and it's 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 cartoony, but it's a first person shooter. I love shooter. it. I love that art style. It's very cool. Yeah, I, I'm into it now. But I I got into it right after Witcher. So once you play when you play Witcher, it's all realism. So then you go to this and you're like, what the hell is this? Like it looks like a it looks like The Simpsons or something. Right. Like it looks so goofy. But what I've realized, what they've done here that's very clever is they first they make you like play to level 35. They're like, oh, wait till everything opens at level 35 and you find stuff that you can only use at level 35. Like, oh, then you get past there. and You're like 50 level 50. It takes forever to get to level 50. So you get there and now it's like 72 is where this game really maxes out It's level 72. So I'm just like. Eh, like I'll play half an hour after school or that kind of thing. Like I am not playing it lots, but I'm playing, I'm chipping away at it. But I'm like, I think I'll still be playing it in next summer. Like I think that's wow. how long it's going to take me to do. So I enjoy it. But at the same time, I recognize I'm being manipulated to spend all my time with a single game. And I pay, and I got it on sale. I got a used copy. As long as you're not being manipulated to spending more money, who cares? Well, Getting it's your funny. money's worth out of it. Well, I, I got... I got it packaged with the sequel, Borderlands, the prequel sequel, it's called, or right. something like that. So I got both games used on one disc for $20. <laughs> and I was like, $20 for, like, I don't know, 100,000 hours of gameplay? I don't know what their I don't know what their plan is exactly. I don't well, I understand. Think, the problem is you buy it used and they want you to buy it brand new. Right. And so then by the time you buy it used and it's like a year after it's been released, all the new DLC which yeah. was you would have to pay for normally it's is all, just offered for free. And it and it is. Yeah. So, so when I go online, when I go online to look for help or something like I don't like a lot of the big bosses, I'm just like, I don't have time for this crap. So I just go online and figure out. And they're like, if you crouch behind the rock and you like all of that stuff. So I've been doing a lot of that, but it's crazy. Like, I don't know how many hours. I don't know. Maybe the game tells will tell tells me if I can. I can probably check somewhere. I don't know. I've never sure. tried. Yeah, it usually does. But anyway, that is. So my recommendation is if you're trying to save a little money, but you got yourself an Xbox, <laughs> get, pick up Borderlands 2 and play it for the rest of your life. Both of those things apply to me, so I will do that. Perfect. That's going to do it for this episode of The Media Nerds. I'm Dan Vatabonker. I'm Kenton Larson. And once again, don't let the door hit you on the ass.